holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Kara Zelaya, joined here with my co-host, boyfriend, partner, the Google to my earth, Dan Takaki. Hello, everyone. I didn't realize Google Earth was going to play such a crucial role in this movie, but it does? Yeah, truly the biggest plot twist of 2021. Truly, this movie really threw us for a loop. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's correct. We love Christmas and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not so favorites, for no other reason than to have a good time. So let's get into it. <laughs> Dear Daniel, what are we watching this week? Oh, geez. This week we are watching the 2006, let's call it what it is, a flop, <laughs> Deck the Halls, starring Matthew Broderick, Kristen Davis, and Danny DeVito and Kristen Chenoweth as the titular Halls. <sighs> Yes, that's right, folks. Danny DeVito and Kristen Chenoweth's family name is The Halls that are being decked. And that is the most clever thing about this entire film. Ah, Truly, and that's the bars on the floor right now with that. Before we get into what this movie was all about, neither of us had seen this movie before, so... Do we want to talk a little bit about what we thought this movie was going to be? Yeah, absolutely. So we had seen the trailer together. Yeah. And we this was a last minute addition to the podcast scheduling. Mm-hmm. Because one of our movies that we were going to do, we decided not to do. And so we saw the trailer and we were like, okay, this will be a bad, you know, fun movie with Danny DeVito, Matthew Broderick, institutions, you know. Sure. I thought that basically there would be some sort of competition right. where these two neighbors would try to have the most decorative house. Right. I Yeah, I think we talked about how we thought they were going to be competing to have the most decorated house on, the, on their street. Yeah, and I thought that Danny DeVito would be the most like seasoned one, like the one who lives there. And right. like Matthew Broderick would move in and be like, oh, I want to, you know, decorate my house and be in on this. Because those personalities felt to me like the way that it would work. Right. And that ended up being the opposite. The exact opposite. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have a lot of thoughts going into this. I love Danny DeVito. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of my absolute favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. It's Kristen Chenoweth, you yeah. know, Broadway's Kristen Chenoweth and the girl from Sex in the City. So I was like, yeah, I don't expect this to be Citizen, Citizen Kane or anything, sure. but you know, listen, we've recently, at a time of recording, we've released a Christmas wince like two, three weeks ago. And I was like, ha 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 ha, it is such a good time, right? And like, I stand by that, you know, this is bad. And I hope none of you have ever seen this and we are going to spare you. Do not watch this. Just listen to this podcast and warn people about it. Yeah, this isn't like... At the end of the last episode we did, we said this might be a fun bad movie. No. It wasn't. It was, not at all. It was gross. It was like offensive. <laughs> it just, it, it was a bad time. It was mean. It was a very mean spirited Christmas movie. Oh, we'll which get is, into Which that. is what many of the reviews and consensus <laughs> has said. And I was like, what does that even mean? But I'm like, I get it now. Everyone's just nasty in this movie. But what about you? Did we defer at all in what we thought this movie was going to be? No, I think we were kind of on the same page when we were, we were talking about it before we watched the movie. The only thing is I thought that, you know, by the end of it, they would be friends. And then at the end, like the post end of movie stinger would be somebody else is moving in. 
and they're oh. like really excited about decorating or whatever and then they'd be like have to team up and take this new one down but that didn't happen yeah i also for whatever reason just thought there'd be a random celebrity cameo i mean kristen chenoweth <laughs> yeah i mean it feels like all four of these actors are the random celebrity cameos wait there is the- a random celebrity cameo fred armisen <laughs> I don't know if that's a cameo. It's just a I also don't think he was this much of a celebrity in 2006. No, Cal Penn? He was in this. Oh, yeah, Cal Penn. Cal, my guy. It's rough stuff, dude. Rough stuff, dude. But let's get into it. Yes, please. Please, for the love of God, tell me and our lovely listeners what this movie is about. Okay, so Deck the Halls came out in 2006, and it was directed by John Whitesell. This movie takes place in... You know, a vague New England suburb in Massachusetts. But, like, no one lives there. It's, like, desolate. They make it seem during certain scenes that thousands of people live in this town. (laughs) But nowhere do we see where anyone else could possibly live here. The set was not particularly big. No. Matthew Broderick plays Steve Finch and is married to Kristen Davis, and they have two kids, a 10-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl. Oh, I forgot the boy was in this. I know. Oh, and the girl is What's-Her-Face from Arrested Development. You yeah. guys get it. Yeah, the girl with the freckles from Arrested Development. Yeah. He's an eye doctor in this town, and he's like the king of Christmas. He helps organize the Winterfest every year and make sure that like the town tree is all good. He has this huge advent calendar that they bring out every year. To help remind his family of their family traditions. I will say also, the only person who calls him the king of Christmas is like the mayor, kind of. And himself. And himself. He's like, Christmas has always been my thing. (laughs) He explains to Danny DeVito, his children, his wife, his patients. It's my time. It's also, like, we're saying this, right? And it doesn't sound dissimilar from a lot of Netflixy other movies. But this is Matthew Broderick. Right. These are, like, real real. They had to pay a lot of money for these actors. (laughs) They really did. And anyway, he's just trying way too hard to be Mr. Christmas. Danny DeVito plays Buddy Hall. And he and Kristen Chenoweth move in across the street from Matthew Broderick's family. Mm -hmm. And they move in right at the beginning of December. They also have two twin daughters that are the same age as Matthew Broderick's daughter in the movie. Right, right. These girls are like hyper-sexualized and they're (sighs) supposed to be teenagers. In like the worst way. In the worst way. It's like, it's horrible. And they keep emphasizing that they're 15, which makes it... It's worse not good. On every it's level. not good. It's, it's really so bad. bad. We aren't we aren't going to dig too much into that, but just know it's it's really very, very bad. It's not good. Danny DeVito is a car salesman because that's just who he is in his life, I guess. <laughs> this poor man. And believe it or not, he's bored at his job because he's too good at it, it seems. Mm-hmm. He needs to fill his time another way, and he learns from his daughters that I kid you not, the main crux of this movie is that Danny DeVito is upset because you can't see his house from an application called My Earth. My Earth is essentially Google Earth. His daughters are like, Dad, you can't even see our house from here. And you can see everyone else's houses around them. And it makes it seem like he's like has this small, insignificant home. They have a very large barn-style home. Also, it's apparently in real time that the satellite sends this information. Right. Because my understanding of Google Maps and Earth is that every once in a while... It they, updates. They, it updates, right? Or, you know, Google yeah. sends its Google cars to, like, figure it out or something. Mm-hmm. But Danny DeVito's like, can they see us from space? Like, every... 
X amount of minutes in this movie. Right. And that's the whole point of his mission in the movie is he wants to make his house visible from Google Earth. Right. And so the rest of the movie is just him basically making his house as bright as possible (laughs) with Christmas lights. You know, I saw this movie with you and I I watched all this happen. And yet I still can't believe. (laughs) Also, he's married to Cheno. He's married to Kristen Chenoweth. That's it. There's no punchline. I just, I'm aghast. Not that Danny DeVito couldn't get Kristen Chenoweth. I'm just like, what is this casting? What was this choice? I don't know. Like, Kristen Davis and Matthew Broderick seem like a normal couple. Sure. A normal white... Brunette couple. Couple. They've had sex twice. Right. (laughs) Anyway, though. So every night after he's added more lights to it, Danny DeVito will ask his daughters if you can see his house from space. And they say, not yet, Dad. He makes his house a spectacle. It's like a light show with music. And people come drive around to come watch the light show every night. And it runs basically from like 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. The news comes. The news comes. In the final part of the movie, MTV News comes as their prime news source for this movie. <laughs> anyway, as you can imagine, Matthew Broderick hates this. Uh, he hates this, though, not because the lights are bothering him. He doesn't like that the lights are bothering him, but everybody else in his house is like, whatever, we'll just put face covers on our eyes. It's fine. He hates this because Danny DeVito is getting more attention than he is Yeah. A- around Christmas. And Danny DeVito is being consulted about Winterfest and the Christmas tree and the lights in the town. And Matthew Broderick's like, this is my thing. I do Christmas. Other Steve does Thanksgiving. Other other Steve does Fourth of July. <laughs> you can have Halloween if you want. Because apparently there's only four other dads in this, this town. That... I was going to say, I just realized that they didn't even bother to cast people to be the other neighbors of Matthew Broderick. No. And there's no, no one else has any, like no immediate neighbors have any input on whether Danny DeVito is bothering them or not. The only person I can think of that has like legitimate lines in this movie is Hugo from Lost. He's just like... One of the people who works in the town, and he announces the speed skating race. Right, right. Guys, there's a speed skating race between Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. (sighs) We'll get to it. (laughs) Anyway, so the rest of the movie is Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito fighting. A side plot is that both Kristen's in the movie, that's just also a weird thing, they are writing a cookbook together. Oh, yeah. They become friends. They become friends and they're writing a cookbook together. And their fa- their kids are all friends. Yeah. And they're all fine and get along fine. And they're very annoyed by this, like, contest between their husbands. After a series of events, which all, you know. So many events. There's so many little things. So much plot. It's so much It's So, so much, much plot. lack of plot. <laughs> so many little petty things that we'll get into. But Dan- the main crux is Danny DeVito is now about to lose his job because he's been giving all his attention to the lights. They're also in severe debt. And he's stealing electricity from Matthew Broderick. Yes, he is stealing electricity from Matthew Broderick. And eventually what happens is he needs more lights. And so he sells Kristen Chenoweth's priceless family heirloom vase to get brighter lights. Chekhov's face. Chekhov's face. (laughs) Yes. Matthew Broderick, his side of the story is he wants to destroy this light show. And he decides he's going to buy a bunch of fireworks to try and destroy Danny DeVito's house. And kind of kill him. At minimum, he wants to set his house on fire. While he's inside of it. Yes. By himself. Correct. But it backfires and he burns down his own inside of his house 
and he destroys his Christmas tree. Which, folks, is that his Christmas tree? No, it's the town Christmas tree that (laughs) Danny DeVito has stolen and put inside Matthew Broderick's house. Yeah, as a form of revenge or something. Yeah, because Matthew Broderick called him a loser in front of everyone in town. Yeah. After Danny DeVito beat him in speed skating. You know, they say love is in the details, and that's what the screenwriters wanted. They wanted the details. They do. (laughs) It seems like they wrote this movie around the bits. Yeah. But the bits weren't very good to begin with. That's true, yeah. Um, So Matthew Broderick's wife leaves with their kids after he destroys their house with a firework because she's like, hey, you were trying to burn down their house. I don't. That's not okay. That's not okay. (laughs) That's arson and (laughs) attempted murder. You're crazy. Both Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito have been shitty to their families and to each other. After they're like alone on like Christmas Eve, they meet up and are like, hey, I'm sorry, I guess. Should we go get our wives back? And so they... Oh, yeah. And so they take all of the lights from Danny DeVito's house and make this, like, light walk from their houses to the motel they're staying at just through town. Can I just make a note? Also, the engineering feats that these men are able to do, and Danny DeVito specifically, in a span of, like, minutes... Minutes. ...is wild. I know in my family, if we try to put lights around a Christmas tree, it is, like, a full... It's a, it's a it's whole a day, day ordeal. Yeah. Several people. Yeah. Many ladders. Lots of upset people. And they're just doing it by themselves. It's like in the Jim Carrey Grinch, where she's got that cannon that yeah. shoots lights onto the house. Yeah, exactly. At least that shows how they put the lights up. Yeah. This is just, like, sheets of light. <laughs> If you're not following, folks, <laughs> that's because I. that's Kara's not either. And that's because this movie doesn't super make sense. But it's a lot of filler in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the, their plan works. Bewildered, their families follow this trail of lights home. And they're like, oh, my God. Wow. And it shows it shows the, <laughs> that Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito have cooked dinner from their wife's new cookbook. Oh. And so that's all the forgiveness that was needed. Mm-hmm. Was showing that they read a book. The bar is on the floor, ladies. Nobody learns anything in this movie. <laughs> the epilogue to this, though, is that after they have all reconciled, everyone in the town comes with all of the lights they have to try and make it so Danny DeVito's house can be seen from space. Because MTV is supposed to be coming to film a segment there, and they don't want to look bad. And so everybody comes, and they all decorate the house. And what happens? The lights don't work. But don't worry, folks. Kristen Chenoweth is there to sing Oh Holy Night. (laughs) And everybody takes out their flip phones and uses the flip phones to light the night sky. Also, Cal Penn is like the engineer for Google Earth or something. Yes. And he's like... He's got a a weird accent. He's got a weird accent, but he's also got a live feed connection to the MTV crew. Yeah. He's like doing a direct conversation with the reporter from MTV News. And then finally, Matthew Broderick's son realizes that they didn't plug in the lights or something. (laughs) They plug in the lights and it's like a beam of light that shoots up into the night sky and you can see his house from space. And so he fulfilled his dream of being able to see his house from space (laughs) and they showed the image on google earth and it's just the spot in massachusetts with just a big circle in the sky representing the beam of light shooting up into the sky and that's the end of the movie deck the halls wasn't it fun didn't you have fun you know (laughs) 
God, where to begin, right? Where where to begin? Where to begin? Just where to end? Where to end? I'm just gonna add in a few a few of the hijinks that they get up to sure. in the movie. At one point, Danny DeVito gives Matthew Broderick a car after Matthew Broderick has totaled his car, trying to escape the hubbub of all the lights and all the people in his neighborhood. But Danny DeVito doesn't tell him that he didn't pay for the car. And he forged his signature, and so Matthew Broderick just has to pay for a car now. At one point, Matthew Broderick cuts the power to Danny DeVito's house by throwing a snowball at, like, his fuse box or whatever. After their speed skating race, where Matthew Broderick is in full speed skating regalia and, like, looks like a professional speed skater because apparently in this movie, he speed skated in college, but... Danny DeVito ends up winning. Hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue with Fred Armisen. And then Matthew Roger calls him a loser in front of everybody. <sighs> and those are those are kind of all the hijinks and highlights that there are, but this is this is certainly a movie. Tara, please, what do you what what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> what does this movie do to you? Well, what the heck? You know? What the heck? What the heck is what I have to say about this movie. Uh it's not good. It's not funny. It is extremely upsetting in several points. It's also like weirdly dull. It feels like this should have been a home run. It feels like this could have been an inoffensive, easy, basic movie. Right. With two heavy hitter names. That are generally likable. Yeah. And you would have gotten like a a pretty good box office result. Right. And instead, it's like they managed to somehow strip all the soul out of anything. Out of like... A friendly competition? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious who wrote this movie. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Matt Corman, Chris Ord, and Don Reiner. I- I'm surprised it took three men to write this. Well, don't you remember? Matt, all the- Matt, Chris, and Don. Don't you remember all the good jokes they had? Like, Yeah, I remember. Like, Matthew Broderick, your dick showing. <laughs> and... Kristen Chenoweth, your boobs are out. I don't understand. I look. I, I honestly. I, I. How do I even begin to give notes? There's no notes to give because this is so bad. I feel like this has broken my brain. And and, and look, I know that a couple weeks back, the Christmas winds broke your brain. Right. But but do you? I think I'm, that we're getting a real understanding of perspective this season. We we really are because I'm watching your brain short circuit right now, and it's you look <laughs> you. Look like your brain is being fried. Remember when we vi- thought that Gremlins might not be a good movie? We were young and times were easier. The best part of this movie is all the good fun facts that I can give about, I was about this movie. To say, it's like, what's good about this movie? Let me let me think of something positive to say about this movie. It is like ninety minutes long. Sure, love that. Kristen Chenoweth's boobs are nice. I guess. <laughs> And we get to hear her sing. Yeah, she she sings in the movie. Matthew Broderick hits an old lady with a snowball at one point. That's fun. Is it? No. Do you remember in 2016? You definitely don't. Uh, But in 2016, when Donald Trump was running against Hillary Clinton, at one of the debates, the moderator asked, like, as the closing question, can you say something nice about each other? Are you kidding me? Do I remember this? (laughs) Of course I do. She said, you raised nice kids, sort of. And he said, you're a very fierce competitor and a strong, strong opponent. And I'm like, I can't believe Donald Trump won that question. <laughs> it, also, it wasn't a moderator. It was a town hall. It was the town hall. Was it? Where they were like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We'll look at that clip later. But oh my God. That, thinking, about, not... thinking about that 
time in life to me feels exactly the same as thinking about this movie. You know, like thinking about that 2016 debate cycle and trying to remember this movie is the same energy. Anyway, those are my notes. Do you have any notes? What do you have? What the heck do you have to say for yourself, Daniel? What the heck do I have to say for myself? That's our new segment. What the heck? <laughs> what the heck with Deck the Halls? I mean, I don't know. This movie also broke my brain. <laughs> this is now two movies that have broken my brain, but in different ways. Next week is when Harry met Sally. Just I hold s- out. I know. Just hold I out. Know. It's just it's just the perfect palette cleanser. <laughs> It's such a good movie, and I know what happens We in need it. it. We need it. I've never wanted to watch that movie more. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie and A Christmas Prince. Okay. Because I gave A Christmas Prince a one, which I stand by, even relative to this movie. But this movie was so... Much bad. worse. I agree. It was much worse than A Christmas Prince. Yeah. And so I don't know what that does for us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it feels like we're at a real crossroads with the po- like. It feels like you and I are having like a difficult conversation about the structure of our podcast. <laughs> we did not prepare for deck the halls. We were not mentally or emotionally or factually prepared for this movie. No, <laughs> this movie was a bummer. That's what it is. That's that's what I'll sum it up to is it was a bummer. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we've covered it, folks. Yeah. This, there's nothing that could have been done to redeem this movie. <laughs> Just a fully different plot. You could keep the cast or not. You know. Well, I'll get into why we maybe shouldn't have kept the cast. Okay, yeah. Please tell me all of the fun facts you have about this. Okay, so let's start easy. Okay. The film was originally entitled All Lit Up. Sure, but how would you have included the Hall's name in <laughs> Right, and also that's not that festive sounding of a name. In the speed skating race scene, Matthew Broderick had to train with a real Olympic speed skater trainer for a few weeks before he could film that scene. Why? They brought an Olympian in. I will say, the scene where they're speed skating goes on for a while. Yeah. It's a couple minutes. Do you remember when Matthew Broderick is in a for some reason and it's very clear that he's just like in a set with like a terrible green screen behind him i do i don't understand why they hired an olympic speed skater because it felt to me it was very clear that the two main leads had stunt doubles for everything because they never like cut to their faces and stuff and so i'm just like why would you waste an olympic also, Olympians he was in, are like, busy. He was in like a helmet and glasses in a full jumpsuit. You could have easily replaced it with somebody else. Uh, this leads me to my next point, which is according to Jillian Vigman, who played Fred Armisen's wife, according to her, the main actors were extremely unhappy on set. Oh, no. So Kristen Chenoweth was just very recently broken up with Aaron Sorkin. Oh. And they were dating for a really, really, really long time. And she was unwell Mm, that's not good and danny devito god bless danny devito danny devito flew in to film his scenes rather than interact with anyone so So he would fly in and fly out power tough (laughs) if danny devito had to fly in and fly out rather than like spend the night and you know be on set he probably spent a significant amount of money just to not not be be there. there right 
Yeah. And Matthew Broderick could be found on set shaking his head in disbelief, repeatedly stating, quote, I've hit rock bottom. I mean, to be fair, that's how I felt watching this movie. I thought this is the lowest point we're going to get on this podcast in terms of movies we watch, at least. Yeah, yeah, it was poor, tough. Poor team. And then Kristen Davis told Jillian Vigman that she should have her eggs frozen. I, I'm confused by the structure of that sentence. I don't know if <laughs> Kristen told Jillian to get her eggs frozen or she should. She, or Kristen, Kristen should, should get her. Them. I don't understand. But I don't it, understand the context of it, it either. It seems like the cast was going in it. distress. This feels like a traumatic experience it for them. It seems like it. Not good. Not good. Oh my gosh. What's next? What do we got? On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 6%. I, you know, I knew that going into it. And I, we don't care for Rotten Tomatoes. I know, we don't care. System, but we, when it's a six, yeah, now that's we know. a hard, it's a hard number to ignore. But the shocking part is that this is only the third worst reviewed Christmas movie on the site. I'm going to make our state the statement now. This is the lowest <laughs> rated Rotten Tomatoes Christmas movie that we will be watching. I'm going to make the statement that if we raise a lot of money... For some organization down the line, we would watch the other two. Maybe. Maybe. If that organization is us. <laughs> and now I'm going to go into just some reviews to just uh, close it out here. Perfect. That's That sounds great. Roger Moore of the Orlando Sentinel named it, quote, a leaden slice of fruitcake with about as much nutritional value and concluding that, quote, it's not worth working up a good hate over. <laughs> Which I think describes this It's not worth working up a good hate for is a nice, nice sentence. Yeah, it's very good. Stephen Hunter remarked, quote, I literally didn't count a single laugh in the whole aimless schlep and suggested that the film should have been Drek the Halls instead. Ooh, is he coming for our titles? (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Richard Roper, co-host of the television show Ebert and Roper, wrote this is one of my favorite reviews of anything ever you cannot believe how excruciatingly awful this movie is it is bad in a way that will cause unfortunate viewers to huddle in the lobby afterwards hugging in small groups consoling one another with the knowledge that it is over it's over thank god it's over compared to the honest hard labor performed by tens of millions of americans every day a film critic's job is like winning a lottery ticket But there is work involved, and it can be painful. And the next time someone tells me I have the best job in the world, I'm going to grab them by the ear, fourth grade teacher in 1966 style, and drag them to see Deck the Halls. (laughs) God, that's brutal. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep, yep. Wow. Tough stuff for everybody all around. And those are our fun facts for... What the heck? What the heck? Deck the halls. Deck the halls. I love it. Those made the movie almost maybe worthwhile, but not quite. I would have just liked to read those on their own. Yeah. I think it would have had the same effect. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't need to do this to ourselves. Ah, it's okay. Alrighty, folks. As we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days, how many days of Christmas is this for you, Kara? Look. Our whole thing is that we do the scale 1 through 12. Right. And I would like to give it a zero, but there is no zero days of Christmas. So I am owed eight maids of milking. So this is a negative eight. 
Oh. I deserve my sweet... I need to rescue my sweet maids. Right. They need to be taken out of this equation. I love my maids, and I'm going to save them. So you're giving this a negative eight maids of milking. Yeah. I realize that this is going to bring my average down. For this podcast, it's gonna, and I'm fine it's with really that. Gonna, this is an outlier. Um, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> my most darling, beautiful partner, lovey, dear Daniel, what are you giving this movie? So you said our rankings are from 1 to 12. Yeah. And then you went and broke that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, everything's made up and the rules don't matter. That's fair. That's fair. It's just a zero. Yeah. Just a zero for me, folks. I can't do the mental math to try and figure out how negative I would need to go with this. Mm. So I'm going to go with... No days of Christmas. No days of... There is no Christmas in this. There's no Christmas. Christmas doesn't exist within my heart when I watch this movie. Wow. Yeah. When anyone asks you, what's the opposite of Christmas? It's Deck the Hall starring (laughs) Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. Listen, if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, thank you so much. We love you so much and we love Christmas so much and we did this for you. We did this for you. We're going to come back stronger, happier, smarter, happier, better, more strong of will, strong of heart, strong of mind, strong of Christmas joy. What is it that we always say? We can do hard Hard, things. We can do hard things. And we watched this. This is the bottom. There's only up from here. Yeah. We have some real classics coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way that we we know. We're safe. We're safe. We're good. It's going to be Christmas. <laughs> I promise you, folks, it will be Christmas again. It's Scorpio season. We can't help it. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. We're only 36 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. Negative deck the halls spirit. Yes. We are cleansing ourselves of deck the halls. We're so going to sage the apartment team. So please share this with your friends and family if they are not already listening. And if you haven't, please rate and review us on iTunes. That would be super helpful for us. Join us next week as we take a look back at one of our favorites, When Harry Met Sally. Woo! Thank God. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it really a New Year's movie? Find out next week. As we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.